thinking uh, and praying about what I was going to share on this morning and just looking at uh, really all that we're doing here, really every time we gather, but particular on a celebration Sunday when we celebrate communion together as a family, baby dedications, baptism. We're celebrating a new life. We're celebrating a new life that, new life that promises with it peace. And that promises with it the ability to interact, to have healthy community. People asked recently in a survey this question, what is missing in your life? The doctors conducting the survey found that overwhelmingly, over 70% of people said, I just wish I had a sense of peace. A sense of peace overwhelmingly across economic, you know, across socio, uh, across all of cultural, you know, different places that you live, geographically, everything, across all, all groups, overwhelmingly, there was a sense of anxiety, frustration, fear, chaos, despair. There was not Peace. Anyone here relate? Right? Anyone here relate? And yet, as I talk about this, as I talk about peace, you know, we're here in the church and we're all sort of saying, like, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? As if somehow the notion of living with peace is impossible. And my prayer and my heart, you know, every time we do a, a baptism, we should be reminded. We ask two questions. Have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? And I think a lot of us, we're, we're jumping up and down for that one because we need to be saved. And then we ask a follow-up question. It's really one question. Have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? And do you desire to make him the Lord of your life? You know, every time we go through that, I'm reminded. And I have to ask myself, do I? This morning, what I want to talk about in the brief time we have is a new life in a real community. A new life in a real community because what Jesus promises us, and if Jesus promises something, you can believe it. You might not believe everything I say. You might not believe everything you read. You might not believe everything other people say. But if it's in the Bible, if Jesus says it, you can believe it. Amen. And so there's a peace that only comes from trusting in Christ and submitting to him as Savior and as Lord of all of our lives. And the chaos and the frustration comes when we wrestle with God for control. And so as we assemble here this morning in this house of worship, our deepest desire always, and particularly I just feel like these services are a little bit more reflective. They're celebratory, but they're reflective. And we should recognize each of us, Jesus, in our midst. See, we often talk and we sing about the Lord being our refuge and peace. And as Christians, I think we forget, we have access to the source of peace. See, the best the world can give us is conditional peace. If things go relatively well, we're doing okay until things go, don't do relatively well. And I don't care how much money you have. I don't care where you live. I don't care how healthy your relationships are. I don't care about any of that. You will struggle in life. You will have health issues and job issues and relationship issues. 
I've said before, life is not for the faint of heart. And so the best thing the world can say is when things are good, you might feel good, and when things are bad, you're gonna be in chaos, and that's how a lot of people live. But church, I implore you, we don't have to live like that. And you don't have to believe me. But here's what Jesus says. I've told you these things. Not just the words that he spoke, but the life that he lived, the way that he loved. His lesson, his message was himself. Jesus is saying, everything I've shown you and taught you, everything I've done for you, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. That's a promise from Jesus himself. I love, you know, I get into this conversation with people, and, and whenever I get into a conversation real about anything, I always bring it back to human flourishing. And for some, some reason, people don't think through that a lot. But if there's a God, and he created us, he sustains us, and he loves us, and Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full, that means abundantly. That means you don't just exist, but you live. If there's a God who created us and wants relationship with us, doesn't it fall that he wants us to flourish? That everything he tells us, that everything he teaches us, that everything he shows us is because he wants what's best for us. And all of our chaos comes from when we don't trust him. We said it all goes back to the sin in the garden. I want to be God. I want to be in control. And we are. We're in control of our chaos. We're in control of our despair and our anxiety and our fear. And Jesus wants to be in control of our peace. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And then he says this. In this world you will have trouble. Not you might. Not you may. You will. But take heart. I've overcome the world. That's both victory in Jesus, and that's also a declaration that this is temporary. That we are citizens of another place. So Jesus is saying, everything I taught you, everything I told you, it's so despite what's going on around you, you can have peace inside you because you are secure in your relationship and your identity with me. And that's what I hope for you. You know, I've been on this, this I just continue to meditate on the scripture, and I've said it you know, a lot of times when I preach, but I just can't get away from David, David's heart when he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Because I just think that's so beautiful. It's just an expression. Words seem inadequate to say, I want you to, I want you to experience. I want it to be real to you. I want you to just not have an idea. I want you to have a relationship. I want you to have a dramatic change in your life. I want you to taste and see for yourself how good the Lord is. In John's gospel, he says, you know, a lot of these things have been written. I can't even write everything that's been written, but I wrote these things that you would believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And then John says this, and that by believing, you would have a life in his name. Church, what we celebrate this morning, not just for those folks being baptized, but for each one of us is new life. Is new life. With a new life in Christ, amen. With a new life in Christ and a new mind and a new heart and a new way to love, the way it was called, right? Followers of the way, you can have peace. 
A peace that surpasses understanding. A peace that comes not from without, but from within. And so how do we find that peace? We trust God completely. Do not let your hearts be troubled, Jesus says. Trust in God and trust also in me. Don't worry about it. Trust him. Trust God completely. Follow God obediently. John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Again, this goes back to that idea of flourishing. If we thought, if we really believed that what God wanted was absolutely what was best for us, of course we would do it. So when we don't, it's again, goes back to pride. It's us saying, I know better than you in this circumstance, which is really saying, I don't trust you. And you know, I understand why people don't trust the church. I understand why people don't trust pastors. I don't understand why people don't trust Jesus. What more does he have to do? He gave his life that we would live. So we come together not just as the children of God, but as a new family, brothers and sisters, a new community with Jesus in our midst. Because God expects when we accept Christ, we will be radically changed. In fact, Paul tells us, do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world. Don't adopt, don't allow yourself to be formed. We're all being formed, right? We're all being formed or being changed. The question is not whether you're being changed. The question is, to what end? Into what? So you can't sit back. There's no default position. You are being formed by your environment. You're being formed by the things you read, the people you spend time with. You are being formed. You are, you are developing a, a set of ethics. All these things are seeking to form you, to create you. But there's only one. There's only one way you can live to the optimum, to the way that you were created. Paul says, don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed. And that word is metamorphosis, right? That word is to be an entirely different creation. And he says what? By the renewing of your mind. By your mind being made new. How does that happen? It happens when we trust God. It happens when we allow the spirit of God, when we allow the word of God, when we allow the people of God to form us. Jesus in Mark, in the earliest gospel, Jesus begins his ministry and he says this. This is the first thing Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, heaven, that place we long for, that has begun now. And then he says, repent and be baptized. Repent is a change of heart that leads to a change of mind that leads to a change of action. It is allowing God to change your heart, to change your mind, so you change the way you live to become totally different. Everywhere in Scripture, the idea of us being followers of Jesus but never being changed, and I don't mean perfectly, and I don't mean legalism, we know that, but if you've been following Jesus for 50 years and you're the same way as you started, there's nowhere that's, that's in the Bible. That's not expected. In, in fact, here's some of the things the Bible says. Put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness. Be renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. He who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, us, we're being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is spirit. 1 John 3, 2, when he appears, we shall be like him. 
2 Peter 1.4, we are to participate in the divine nature. We can have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians. See, Adam and Eve were created, we know, in the image of God. And with Adam's fall, must have, uh, much of that image was lost. But with Christ, that image can be reclaimed, church. And so we need to believe. We need to choose. We need to stay in God's word. We need to guard our thoughts. We need to be prayerful. We need to persevere. We need to persevere. Don't give up. Stand. Resist the enemy. See, we live this out in real community. In John chapter 20, verse 19, it says that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid. See, some of us are still hiding because we're afraid, and there's all sorts of reasons. There are good reasons for them to be afraid. But Jesus came, and he stood in the midst of them. And the one thing he offers is the one thing they desired, which was peace. Jesus stands here now, and the very thing each of us long for, he offers as well. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. He came, and he was in their midst. See, the essence of the Christian faith, the essence of the new life, the essence of real community is that very thing, Jesus in our midst. God's word proclaims Jesus was in the midst of all creation. Daniel saw the Lord with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He was in the midst of the fiery furnace. He is in the midst of your struggle. He is here in the midst of his people. The Bible says when two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst of them. In Calvary, Jesus was in the midst of sinners. They crucified him with two others, one on either side, Jesus in the midst. As the lamb in Revelation, Jesus was in the midst of the throne of heaven. And as our resurrected Lord, Jesus is here now in the midst of his church. This theme is so often repeated in the scriptures because it is the key to our Christian life. We are called in all things, in all places, and at all times to allow Jesus to be in our midst. To not have our work life and our home life and our church life, but to have one life and to give it all to him, church. Jesus needs to be at the hub of our lives connecting every spoke. Romans 5, 1 says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In other words, God's peace goes beyond what we can comprehend. We need not be afraid, church. And before we celebrate this baptism and have everybody come up, in John 14, 27, it says, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled, and do not be afraid. And in 2 Thessalonians 3.16, Paul writes, Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you all. Amen.